The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know, all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to Kramerica. I'll be one of my friends just trying to make a little money. My job is not just to entertain you, but to educate and teach you. So call me, 1-800-743-CBC, or tweet me at Jim Kramer. Is this the calm before the calm? After still one more record-breaking month in the books. I keep thinking this market will win some converts, turning bears into bulls. That's not happening, though. With the Dow gaining 238 points today, S&P advancing 0.27%, but the NASDAQ declining 0.48%. We had to endure all that sell in May and go away nonsense last week as if nothing good has happened. Now we have tech rolling over, and I'm sure tomorrow there'll be chatter about how the market can't roar without FANG, my acronym for Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, and Google. Yes, once again, the obituaries will be written. How many times? We're going to be subjected to the usual bubble talk, hardware, software, electronic vehicles, of course, SPACs. You'll hear that none of these great earnings matter because we're at the peak. But that's the wrong way to look at things. In truth, this is once again a gigantic rotational market where there's not enough money to send all sectors up at once. Tech's had a huge run lately, while everything else is language except for fintech. Now it's tech's turn to cool, while other groups play catch-up. Do you know that that's been the pattern since the bottom last year? But the panda bears who control the narrative just won't acknowledge it. It's always rollover, 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 never talking about the next group to run. We're going to change that tonight. But before I get into today's action, I need to address Warren Buffett's concerns about individual stock picking, a theme I'll examine again near the end of the show, because I know it's so important to you, especially the younger members of the audience. Here's the thing. Stock picking did go out of style 20 years ago. This generation of investors has been taught that it's impossible to beat the market. So don't even try. Don't try to figure out which retailers are doing the best. And just, just go pick an index fund. The previous generation was taught a far different set of skills. How to pick stocks by combining curiosity with what you know and melding with the study of the financials or whatever other information you come across. That's not the Warren Buffett method. It's the Peter Lynch method, named after the legendary manager of Fidelity's Magellan Fund. 
Lynch credited most of his success to something you can do, I can do, anyone can do, observing, studying, and taking action. He shows you how to do it in his seminal text, One Up on Wall Street. And it's still a living, breathing book. It's on Amazon, and it's not been destroyed or pulped. And the Lynch method has never been easier because you have more research tools at your disposal than ever. It's not like Google existed when the book came out in 1989. I respect Warren Buffett, but I'm always going to be a Peter Lynch guy. Even though he made his money running a mutual fund, he still felt compelled to teach people how to do it themselves. He's, you think about it, he's really teaching them how to compete against them. But thanks to the dot-com bust and the financial crisis, the Peter Lynch method lost a lot of its luster. Plus, it didn't help that the whole industry proselytized against owning individual stocks, with Warren Buffett leading the way. In the 90s, the conventional wisdom said that picking stocks was a great way to make money. These days, picking stocks is considered a mugs game. Anyone with half a brain knows you're supposed to put all your money in a nice, low-cost index fund. But you know where the truth is? The truth lies somewhere in between. If you don't want to put that much time and effort into managing your portfolio, parking your money in an index fund is absolutely the right way to go. But the index fund pushers got too far. Too far when they tell you that stock picking is a waste of time and money. Yeah, that's, that's condescension. I think you can get better performance by picking individual stocks. The problem is you got to do more work. That's why I believe in a hybrid model. I don't share Buffett's contempt for home gamers who try to pick stocks, nor do I want you to go all in on individual stocks. That's why I've always suggested you put your retirement money in an index fund, but your discretionary mad money, hence the name of the show, in individual stocks. I don't want to discourage you from harnessing your powers of observation. And much of what I do is oriented around bringing stories to your attention so that you can do more homework yourselves. No contempt here, just support, which brings me to today's market. For months, I've been preaching that the economy is about to open up and we're going to reach a tipping point where you have to own stocks that do well when the consumers flush. Well, we're finally there, maybe because cities like New York look like they're going to turn or malls are beckoning. That means two things. One, we need to own stocks that benefit from consumer confidence. And two, we need the cash to buy these stocks. So what are people doing? Well, they're raising cash. They're selling, uh, they're selling anything that doesn't fit the reopening thesis, like tech, which is being used, I think, incorrectly because the money's going to come back to tech. But it's being used as a piggy bank to finance other investments, and I accept that. Now, I wish there were more than enough money to go around to justify owning both groups, but there simply isn't. And the current rotation is fueled by that lack of capital. Only so many sectors can win at the same time. Sure, stock ownership is at its highest level, but that doesn't provide the new ammunition needed to finance more buying. For those of you who think that you've already missed this move, because they've had tremendous runs, I'm aware of that, I want you to think again. We haven't even begun to convert the bears to this new bull thesis. So let me give you some ideas to chew on, observe, and make a choice about buying. Maybe you'll try some of this stuff on or go to these places. Then go to Google, look for some stuff. Go to our sites. You'll find things. First is Walmart. Now, this is the largest brick-and-mortar retailer in America. If we open and go out, wow, we're going to go to Walmart. It's still down 11 points from its high. Perhaps because of so many stories about Walmart Plus being weaker. Really, ever since Mark Lurie retired in January, he's that guy from Jet.com, which Walmart acquired to reinvent its online business. Man's a genius. But I don't think he's essential. In truth, Walmart's doing great and about to do a whole lot better. Mine was packed this weekend. Second is Costco. Now, think about this. They're bringing back free samples. And food courts don't denigrate this one. Spakes of comparisons versus last year. Just spectacular. Costco continues to open new stores, take more fees, save people money. What is not to like? I love it. Third is Lowe's. Now, unlike Target and Home Depot, which are amazing in themselves, Lowe's is still almost 10 points away from its high. Go to Lowe's like I did this weekend. See the action. Do you know that mine opened at 6 a.m. Sunday and closed at 10? You don't keep those hours unless you got a ton of business. 
You know what you see in the aisles of Lowe's? Well, how about appliances? How about tools? If you did a little digging, you'd know that there's a shortage of appliances. Go ask the home builders. Read the Whirlpool Conference Call. You'd know that tools are exploding when Stanley Black & Decker generated 48% growth, which is pretty darn shocking. We heard about it last week on the show. The stock was down that day. Tell them, talk about an opportunity. Fourth, we're, we're opening up and we're dressing up. There aren't a lot of quality clothing uh, stocks left, but the good ones are PF, PVH, VF Corp, and my favorite, which is Ralph Lauren. I expect big sales this month. Oh, I still like RH, the operator formerly known as Restoration Hardware. I wish my wife would order fewer from there because, boy, how many chairs can you, do you need around the fire pit? But it's an incredible run the stock has had. The stock doesn't have enough buy ratings on it. Finally, I believe in the lag trade, and that's L Brands, American Eagle Outfitters, and The Gap. Even as they've all had big runs, Matt Boss, the fabulous retail analyst from JP Morgan, coined the lag trade much lower. But it's only just dawning on people now, and the rest of the analyst community is going to have to follow suit. They have to upgrade. They have no choice. The bottom line, I don't mean to make it sound simple. If you want to invest like Peter Lynch, you need to actually visit these places or try things on, whatever sparks your curiosity, of course, after reading his book. But I think one or two of these reopening plays go well with an index fund in your retirement account. And I'm not afraid to say it, even when highly respected figures like Warren Buffett act like stock picking is too dangerous for regular people like you. More on that later. Lucas in Vermont. Lucas. Jim, so good to hear from you. Same. I would love to talk about Square. Okay. They're up 300% this past year. Earnings is on Thursday. I'm excited about reopening. I'm excited about Jack Dorsey and Cash App and their crypto exposure. Do you think we can expect... $350 to $400 right, share price. Okay, Lucas, I'm going to throw a little cold water on this. I think Square's going to give you an amazing number. But if we are still in this rotation out of fintech, it won't matter, and you're going to have to wait. So I'd buy half before and half after. I am a total believer in Square, and I think it's going to have good numbers. Yoni in New York. Yoni. Booyah, Jim. Love you. Love the show. Uh, you're very Thanks kind. Stuff. Thank you. Uh, exciting stuff with the Eagles draft. Good stuff. I, I, okay, um, it's good. We have a stud receiver. I'm happy. I, I love Howie um, Roseman. I'm not too proud. Yeah, well, yeah it's good. I uh, got to give a quick shout out to, to the boys in my uh, stock market WhatsApp group. Okay. Games and Nightmares. Okay. Um, but, okay, so my, my company, uh, one of the high-flying uh, software the stocks that got absolutely destroyed is down like 50% um, around like two-year lows. Um, but it seems kind of attractive. I'm wondering what you think. Uh, they recently switched over to a, a cloud-based model, so that, that uh, uh, hurt them a bit short-term. Uh, what do you think about Splunk? I was going to tell you, because of the switch over to the cloud-based model, they've lost a key person. They, uh, it does sound to me like you have to wait till after this quarter. I really mean it, Yoni. I don't want you in until after the quarter. I need to go to Zach in Pennsylvania. Zach. Hey, Jim, big booyah from Eagles Nation. What did you think of the draft last week? I was thrilled. Boy, there's a lot of Eagles fans. Isn't that great? I'm on the bus. I'm on the bus. What's up? Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for everything that you do. So thank I'm you. in my early 30s, and I'm looking to hold these stocks till maybe on 40, 45, somewhere in that range. With everything going cashless, this stock was at 200 in January. Now it's around 234. I'm wondering if it's too late to get on the Visa bus. For the next 12 no, years. no, and Al Kelly ought to come on the show. He ought to do himself a favor and come on the show because he knows I believe in him and I believe in Visa. I think it's a very, very good company, and you're absolutely right. Everything you laid out is perfect, and I want you to be in it 
and own it. Don't trade it. All right, look, the market hasn't made any real converts yet. I know it seems like it, but they're going to dump on it again tomorrow because of tech. These are the stocks that are next in the rotation. And you believe it or not, you haven't missed the move. Go with one or two reopening plays and an index fund, and that will make me happy. You'll make money tonight. In December, Kramer Fave XPO Logistics announced its spin-off plans, creating the second largest contract logistics provider in the world. I'll find out if it's worth considering GXO Logistics when I sit down with its incoming CEO first on CBC. Then as more people across the U.S. become vaccinated, could the great outdoors trend we saw last summer be a thing of the past? Uh-oh. I'm going to give you my take, and it's really going to surprise you. And an under-the-radar way to play the race to space. So stay with Kramer. Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Tweets. Send Jim an email to madmoney at CNBC.com or give us a call at 1-800-743-CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. Fact. Running a business is not getting easier on your wallet. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. Also a fact. Smart businesses are reducing costs and headaches by graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Accessed from anywhere. You can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. See how you'll profit with NetSuite, and then you can think of all the ways you could be spending the money you save. Company retreat in Malibu, anyone? By popular demand. NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com to start saving. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash madmoney. Just go to Indeed.com slash madmoney right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash madmoney. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When a CEO feels like the market's not giving their company enough credit, sometimes they got to take action. They have to unlock that value themselves. And that's what we're seeing right now at XPO Logistics, the roll-up transportation play created by Brad Jacobs a decade ago. Recent years, the stock had lost its mojo, despite the nonstop boom in e-commerce. It certainly wasn't Brad's fault. They were doing great. So early last December, XPO decided to spin off its faster-growing logistics business as an independent company to make this story simpler and easier for Wall Street to digest. Look, I thought it was a very smart move, and sure enough, XPO's rallied roughly 
56% since then. But as we get closer to the actual breakup, we've got to learn more about the businesses being spun off. It's going to be called GXO Logistics. After the close, that combined company reported an excellent top and bottom line beat, and much of that strength was driven by the soon-to-be separate logistics unit that you can own. I think it's going to be very enticing. So let's take a closer look with Malcolm Wilson. He's the CEO of XPL Logistics Europe, who's been named as the new CEO of GXO Logistics Spinoff. Get a better sense of the situation. Mr. Wilson, welcome to Mad Money. Thanks for having me on the show, Jim. Okay, so Malcolm, we need you to explain because we've been huge supporters of Bradford when the stock was at the 20s. But now we've got a business that we liked and maybe it's even bigger than we think. What parts of XPO Logistics business are becoming GXO? So XPO, it's going to spin off its logistics business as GXO. It's going to create two world-class powerhouse companies Transportation in XBO, LTL, and truck brokerage, and the logistics, that's the warehousing, that's going to become GXO. Now, why uh, is it better to be separate? I mean, I would have thought that the two work together really well. Jim, it's going to allow the management of the logistics portion of the company, GXO, they're going to be able to really laser focus on the customer's It's going to allow them to make the decisions in terms of capital application, capex for growth, acquisition. Everything's going to be tailored towards the logistics sector of the business. It's really uh, going to be a very dynamic organization towards customers. You know, Malcolm, I know logistics. I mean, we've had Zebra on, uh, Honeywell's got a logistics, the intelligence I'm, who do you really compete against? Those companies or do you compete against the companies that are just giant warehouse companies? Jim, GXO, it's going to be the second largest logistics company in the world. The reality is there is no strong direct competitor that competes across all of the different markets that GXO is working in. Of course, there's going to be some local competitors in country by country, maybe even some competitors that specialize in a particular vertical, maybe chemicals or agribusiness. But in terms of the breadth of GXO, there's going to be very few companies that you can compare this organization to. It's really a world-beating environment. Oh, but let's talk about e-commerce, retail, food and beverage, consumer technology. I see Apple, H&M, I see Zara, I mean, Nestle's. These are all the biggest, the Coca-Cola. These are all your customers? Absolutely, Jim. You know, GXO ranks 30% of the Fortune 100 companies as its customers. And the great thing about GXO is that the customers that we work with, they stay for a long time. Of the top 20 customers, 15 years is the average tenure of those customers. So these are really sticky, long-term relationships. Once we're working with customers, they very, very seldom decide to work, work, work away from GXO. Right, can you give us a sense, because you're the head of XPO uh, Europe, and XPO just had some great numbers. How bad is Europe because of COVID? Europe's recovering. You know, if I think about UK, it's broadly at a similar pace of recovery and vaccine rollout to the US. So it's quite advanced. And if I think about the rest of Europe, generally things are expected to get back to normal by early June. So pretty much we're expecting all of the markets that 
XBOR and GXOR for that matter are working in to be back to full recovery really by around the early part of June. Okay, so tell us what the secret sauce is. What do you offer that uh, we've had all the warehouse companies on the real estate investment trust. We've had the companies that do robots, but not really at the level you do. What kind of expertise do you have that the other guys don't have that they keep picking you as their uh, representative for logistics? You know, Jim, GXO, it's benefiting right now from three mega trends that's happening in the logistics world. One is about outsourcing. So more and more big organizations are looking to companies like GXO to help them with the expertise that exists in GXO, expertise in automation or expertise in managing big volumes. There's also another mega trend, which is e-commerce. Mm-hmm. We've all been affected by that. More and more people are buying online, and that's really in the wheelhouse of GXO. E-commerce is our biggest single activity. It represents almost 40% of our business solutions. We operate the largest e-commerce fulfillment centers in Europe. Okay. And the last trend, as you mentioned, is about industrial automation and robotics. Right. More and more of our solutions are involving automation and robotics. It's an expertise that really exists in GXO. We were a first mover in Got this uh, activity. It's really benefiting us now. Well, look, this could be a very exciting company. It's going to be very few like it uh, that are publicly traded. And if it's anything like what happened with XPO, it's going to be terrific. I want to thank Malcolm Wilson, C- the new CEO, by the way, of GXO Logistics. Great to see you, sir. Congratulations. Thank you, Jim. Thank you. If you want to know the way of the future, it is logistics. And this company is the independent way to play it. Mad Money's back after the break. Coming up, can nature nurture your portfolio to blue skies and sunny stocks? Kramer looks outdoors for outsized profits. Next. The spirit of performance defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX. Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, The ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura has been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Ever since it became clear that the pandemic would soon be over, there's been a widespread sense that last year's best performers, the COVID winners, were becoming untouchable. With a few exceptions, if it worked as a lockdown stock, Wall Street presumed 
that it would be a total dog as the reopening began. But it turns out the reality is much more complicated than that. A handful of the hottest, the real sizzling stocks have transformed into reopening themes, especially the great outdoors. Last spring and early last summer, anything related to camping or boating or any other outdoor activity caught fire because it was the only safe way to take a vacation, remember? But then as we got closer to the end of the summer, this group stalled because people figured out that, well, it was all one off. No way they'd get that same kind of boost once the pandemic was over, correct? But now we're headed for the summer of 2021, though. And the great outdoors is back. On Friday, we checked in with Brunswick Corp. I don't know if you saw the interview. We will call it up. But it was really rather amazing. Uh, the big boat maker just delivered fabulous quarter. And then CEO David Folks told an incredibly bullish story. But at the same time, Clorox told us that grilling, remember, that's Kingsford's, was one of the few categories where they continue to see durable growth, despite some very tough comparisons. And we're seeing lots of news reports about a massive boom in summer travel plans, with camping emerging as one of the biggest winners. What happened here? Two things. First, in terms of hardware, these companies sold so much merchandise last year that they came into 2021 with ridiculously low inventories. What does that mean? Well, the inventories were so low that they can raise prices and still sell everything they make. Second, and more importantly, so many people have been cooped up in their homes for over a year now. But with the great reopening upon us, they're they're much more willing to go out and they're desperate to go outside. They've got vaccinated. Granted, they could have safely gone camping or boating last summer. It's indoors, but it's dangerous. Uh, There are millions of people who just hunkered down in their homes rather than take any chances. And now that they are vaccinated, they can finally get back in touch with nature, especially with the beautiful weather weather we're having. So how do you play? I've got three different approaches, each of which could work here. First way to play the great outdoors, you can do the obvious, stick with Brunswick, which we just spoke to on Friday, so we know the numbers are fresh. The number one boat maker just reported a blowout quarter, true blowout last Thursday, but its stock barely budged in response till today. I've got some lift, three bucks a change. Story is refreshingly simple. Even after expanding its production capacity, Brunswick has so much demand that they can't come close to making enough boats and engines. Folks told us that they could take years before they merely build their inventories back up to normal levels. Think 2023 or 2024, there's a big waiting list for boats. Till then, we got a boat shortage. And when there's a shortage, well, prices go higher. Two years ago, Brunswick also bought a little company. It's called Freedom Boat Club, which is basically a nationwide co-op for boats. Rather than buying one yourself, you can join the club, pay your membership dues, and gain access to a whole fleet along with your fellow members. I think it's a great idea. I used it when I was in Florida. It's no wonder Brunswick keeps buying up Freedom Boat Club franchises like the ones in Chicago and New York City. But at the end of the day, this one's all about the math. While the stock made a new all-time high today, it simply doesn't reflect the incredible numbers we saw last week. Remember, Brunswick raised the midpoint of its full-year earnings forecast from 620 way up to 745, when the analysts were only looking for 644. On top of that, management said they could earn $8.25 to $8.75 in 2022. So what does that mean? This high-quality outdoor activity stock sells for less than 13 times next year's numbers. I find that ridiculously cheap. Plus, when you look at Brunswick's track record, they've beaten the earnings estimates by an average of 58% over the past four quarters. Meaning there's a good chance the actual results will end up surprising to the upside again, which would make this stock look even cheaper in retrospect. In short, Brunswick's is screaming buy because it's a secular grower now, not that cyclical thing that so many people lost money on in the old days. What if you prefer to stay on dry land? Okay, the second way to play the great outdoors here is RVs. 
Two weeks ago, we got an update from Lippert, the RV marine and auto parts supplier, formerly known as LCI Industries, when they pre-announced a first quarter revenue bonanza. So we know they're doing great, but Lippert reports in full results tomorrow. And given that the stock's rallied more than 10 bucks since the pre-announcement, there's always a chance it will sell off, even on a good quarter. And that's been the pattern for most manufacturers. Very picky earnings season. But Lippert sells, again, for just 15 times next year's earnings estimates, solid 2% yield. So if the stock sells off tomorrow, you might want to dig deeper into the quarter and use that weakness as a buying opportunity if you like what you see. But then there are the actual RV and motorhome makers. Thor, remember Thor, Bob Martin? We have them all the time. Winnebago, we've had them on. These stocks both swooned late last year when they were written off as lockdown-era relics. But they're really both in the same position as Brunswick, aren't they? They moved so much merchandise last spring and summer that the supplies are incredibly tight. That's allowing them to make a fortune in this environment. Thor and Winnebago delivered a pair of huge earnings beats back in March. Although the initial uh, roaring in this response, both stocks have pulled back. Now, these, this is craziness. Thor is at 11, Thor is at 14 times earnings. Winnebago at 11 times earnings. Thor gets that higher multiple because it's best to breed, but they both work here. Remember, these people say they're no cheap stocks. I mean, you're looking at them. Then there's Camping World, the world's largest retailer of RVs and related products. This is another one, Ports Tomorrow Morning. I expect another set of good numbers, but given the fact the stock's rallied 69% year-to-date, this could be another situation where a company posts some excellent numbers, and yet its stock rolls over. I think this, this one's a terrific regional and national growth story, and it only sells at nine times earnings. I, mean, I don't understand this. If you can get it a discount after the quarter, I think you pounce. Finally, if you really want to think outside the box, I've got a more oblique way to play the great outdoors, Airbnb. This is a fabulous way to play the coming travel boom, and that includes people renting homes in remote areas so they can enjoy nature. When CEO Brian Chesky appeared on CNBC's Tech Check a couple weeks ago, he noted that they expect to have a high-quality problem this year. They're likely to have more guests than they have people to host. <laughs> Meanwhile, Airbnb has proven to be very profitable, more profitable than anyone imagined. This one reports on Thursday of next week. So, look, we're going to be watching it closely. More than the quarter, though, I'm waiting for the looming expiration of the lockup on insider sales. Somebody could hammer the stock, maybe give you a terrific buying opportunity. Of course, there are other ways. Newell Brands, saw them today. Nice. Yeti, fantastic quarter. Fist Outdoors, not as good, but all sorts of camping equipment. Then you've got the golf stocks, uh, Callaway, uh, Kushnet. Uh, you got Pool Corp. Hey, I saw Leslie put up a good number. These have been winners. But the bottom line, as the pandemic winds down, I think the great outdoors theme has more legs than you realize. It could be a huge summer, even bigger than last summer, which means any of these stocks could have legs, especially because so many of the big institutional investors have moved away from them. John in California. John. Mr. Kramer. Yes, John. What do you think about the prospects for Boeing short term, long term? Boeing was chosen last week in the uh, the, the CNBC draft, and I think it was a brilliant call. I think this $240, $50 stock is going to go to $350. I think it's going to happen because you're going to see a flood of orders from, of all things, new airliners. It's not in the stock. Buy it. David in Texas. David. Jimmy Chill. Big booyah from Houston. Well, man, it's good to have you on the show. What's happening? There we go. I wanted to get your thoughts on Disney. Do you think the price is locked in or has it got a little bit more room to run? Here's the deal with Disney. Okay, I felt last week that maybe I had to take profits in it. Uh, but uh, Zeb and Jeff, who work with me at ActionAlertsPlus.com in the club, both said, no, Jim, this could be a real one. you got to hold on to it. And so we did stay along it. And I think that it's going to have another spurt up after this. the theme parks open all over the world. 
Now, I think the great outdoors theme could be, it could be used as something. And now you know which ones have legs. And remember, it's really important you understand this. It's a rotational market. These have been left behind. So now the money comes back to much more mad money ahead. Lidol first captured our attention as a COVID play. But with the company and plenty of end markets, could it be worth considering as the economy continues to reopen? I'm going to sit down with the CEO of a company that's sending millions of masks to India. Then Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger are dismisses of the Robin Hood types. But they shouldn't be. Maybe you're one up. I'll explain. And all your calls, rapid fire in tonight's edition of The Lightning Round. So stay with Kramer. Tomorrow, kick off the trading day with Squawk on the Street. I think trying is good. I think it's good. And the little guys, frankly, I think they're good. Do I think it's a ripoff to pay for order flow? Not crazy about it. It all starts at 9 a.m. Eastern. Last year, we found a little company called Lidol that went on to become a huge winner. This is a specialty materials company that makes thermal insulation, acoustic barriers, and filtration and separation materials like the ones used in the N95 mask. It first captured our attention as a COVID play. But after doing more homework, we realized that exposure to all sorts of booming end markets like the automobile industry, especially EV, yes, electric vehicles. Stock's now given us a 25% gain since we first spoke to the CEO last December, trouncing the S&P 500 of the same period. While Lidl has pulled back a bit over the course of March and early April, the stock got a huge boost last week when they reported yet another excellent quarter. So could this thing have more room to run? Let's check in with Sarah Greenstein, the president and CEO of Lidl, to get a better read on the quarter and our company's prospects. Ms. Greenstein, welcome back to Mid-Money. Thank you. So good to be here. Appreciate you having me back. Oh, great. Okay, Sarah, let's talk Moxie, because I think Moxie is a better example of what Lydell is about than the others that I'm going to get to. But it makes sense because it's what Lydell stands for in my eyes. I'm giving you the floor. Moxie. Awesome, right? So, yes, 2020 was all about um, COVID. And I think you came to know us as a result of the specialty filtration media that goes into N95 respirators. But as I've been saying, Lytle is everywhere. And we, you saw our Q1 results. You really started to see that with the economic rebound, the demand for our products is growing. And we're not only growing here on Earth, we're also in Mars. So we talked about this last time, but it is Lytle's HEPA filtration that is on the MOXIE module that is part of the Perseverance rover. And what, it is, what the MOXIE module is doing, Jim, it's surfacing, walking around the Mars surface filtering all of the CO2 out of the Martian air and trying to turn it into oxygen so that for future manned landings, we wouldn't have to bring stored oxygen up. And and it's working. As of last week, um, it was clarified that indeed that is working. And they've been able to capture enough oxygen for an astronaut to be up there for 10 minutes already. And it is Lytle's HEPA filtration media that is ensuring that that fine dust that's on the surface of Mars is kept out of the MOXIE module under extreme conditions, Jim. It can be 195 degrees below Fahrenheit, all the way up to 70 degrees plus. And when NASA needed to figure out how they could do that, it was Lytle that they came to to work through. So like I said, we're not only protecting people and, and the environment here on Earth, we're starting to do it in Mars as well. Well, you should be very proud, Sarah. Let's talk about protecting people on Earth there. Now, you've opened, you now have the ability to produce billions of masks. 
is it the right time to produce billions of masks, given the fact that we're doing mass vaccination? Great question. And I think I, along with you, and I'm sure all of your viewers, are so excited that the global, the end of this global pandemic, I think, is in sight. Um, I, I know we've got a long way to go in some regions of the world, but we're certainly in a far better position today in the U.S. than we were the last time you talked. And the answer, the short answer is yes. Look, did we as Lytle anticipate the demand for N95 respirators? Yes. Did we put the manufacturing capacity in place to help solve that problem? Yes. Do we have long-term contracts in place to see us through the end of 2022? Yes. But even more importantly, is the specialty filtration solutions that are needed now more than ever. Um, and as I said last time, I think the demand for this will dwarf that of what's needed for the N95 respirator to ensure that the likes of you and I can, can go back into open places and spaces safely. So MERV, HEPA, ALPA, all things I'm sure you've heard before right. is what is required now inside our homes, inside our restaurants, inside our schools, inside our hospitals to make sure that we can filter the air, all the bad stuff out, keep the airflow good, and keeping all of us healthy while we do so. And that is exactly where Lytle has always played for decades, continues to play. And with a new expanded center of excellence for specialty filtration, Jim, we're working on the next generation. So how can building owners, without any capital outlay, potentially just exchange the, the filtration media, the filter that's in there? That's a huge game changer. And I think, you know, what's most exciting is that the outcome of all of this is that all of us are going to be healthier whenever we're. Yeah, I totally agree. No, yeah. In the few, little bit of time remaining, I, I promise elect, uh, you know, electric vehicles, you're key in EV. So tell us what you're doing. We're key in EV. And, and it's not just about what's coming. It's about what is today, because there's a big transition, as you know, from ICE to hybrid to EVs. Mm -hmm. And when I think about Lytle and EVs, I think about isolate and protect, right? So we isolate any of the known hazards that might exist either around the, the vehicle, be it the battery, and or as a result of the vehicle in the battery. We protect from ele electromagnetic interference. We protect from a parasitic noise. And we do all of this by lightweighting. So again, cleaner, quieter, safer. That's what Lytle does. We're the critical components in so many applications um, that, that really help ensure that you and I are safe, the environment's clean, and we're all healthier for it. Well, thank you so much. And you also delivered fantastically for shareholders. You got cash, extra cash to be able to buy some shares. You're doing terrific. Sarah Greenstein, president and CEO of Lytle. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. All right. These are the kinds of stocks we try to bring to you. Younger viewers, think about this. Think about all the things you care about, EV, Mars, landing. I, mean, I know this is exciting stuff, but it's also making money. They have money's back at the break. Coming up next. Let's make money together. What do we got? Kramer's bringing the thunder and answering your burning questions in today's edition of The Lightning Round. It is time. It's time for the White Room. What is that about? That's about Rock And then the Lightning Round is over. Are you ready? Ski Dad, the Lightning Round comes from Vincent in Kentucky. Vincent. A big booyah to you, Jim, from the home of the Kentucky Derby. Yes, congratulations, man. We're loving that. We like the. We are big horse fans here. What's going on? 
Well, I want to first thank you for all of your entertainment and enlightenment. Oh, thank you, man. My question is about Penn National Gaming, which came to my attention on your show. I happen to like Penn that very much, and that was first came to our attention because of the deal they did with Barstool and David Portnoy, and it is doing fantastically and deserves to trade higher. Portnoy's opened a lot of business for that company. Let's go to Alex in New York. Alex! Hey, a big New York City booyah to you, Jim. How you doing? A reopening New York booyah right back at you. So I'm trying to how long uh, Alcoa Corp will run for with all the current tailwinds for the industrial stock. Well, look, that quarter was an amazing quarter, and they're not getting enough credit for it. That was a brilliant quarter. This is not the same old Alcoa. I'm a buyer. Let's go to Eric in Texas. Eric! Jimmy Chill, how are you, man? The Chill Man is good. How about you? Doing good, doing good. Hey, wanted to get your thoughts on IPOE, soon to be SoFi. SoFi? You gotta wait till it's SoFi, to be honest. I mean, I really feel like that what happens in these things, we had a real, you know, we've had a kind of a rocky moment. So now we got to just wait till we see the whites of their eyes and don't make a move before then. I need you to go to Rick in Illinois, please. Rick. Jim, how are you today? I am good. How about you? I'm great. And I'd like to give a little shout out to my brother, David, the gang at the Inner Circle. They really support me in my trading. Fantastic. Fantastic. You can You've never mentioned this stock, and it's it's something that's like a long-term growth team in the cannabis industry. It's got a great CEO, Bill Fuller, who recently turned around hostess and had an awesome quarter. Their IP was done by J.P. Morgan, and I think this is one thing to own for the long term. What do you think of Hydro? Of Hydro? Hydro Farm. Okay, I have I've been negligent because I looked at Grow Generation a lot, and I'm a huge believer in this particular segment. I've got to have them on before I render judgment. But boy, you're right in terms of the field of dreams; it's working. Let's go to Mike in New Jersey. Mike, Mike, Mike. Who are you, David? Wow. Mike from Short Hills, New Jersey. How are you? I'm loving it, South Jersey. What's going on? So as I'm looking, as I'm anxiously awaiting plug 10K filing, I found a new, new renewable energy source. Ticker symbol is AMPX. Had a great run, but it's been beat up lately. Where does it go? But these work. These plant matter, these recyclable plant, they all work. I mean, that doesn't mean I don't have to do more work. And I'm talking to Ben Stoto tonight, and this is one we ought to look at. Seems very exciting. But that is the sweet spot of investment right now. Johnny in New York. Johnny! Hey, Jimmy Chill. Booyah. Chill back at you. What's up? Um, you're doing great. Um, big fan of the show. Thank uh, you. I wanted to ask really quick with uh, Palantir. Um, you know, I bought it. You know, when initially IPO'd underneath ten dollars, so right. I got in. A they good, did that direct price. listing. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I just wanted to ask. You know, I know they recently hired uh, Bill Cashler today, and the stock's been floating around. You know, twenty. Well, I, I would say tell you, so that very impressive time. guy, the U.S. the uh, chief medical officer. But I, I do want more. I want more. It's opaque. Palantir's opaque. Remember, Palantir, GME, and AMC, they're the only ones that Wall Street Bets apparently is allowed to write about. Is that the issue? I'm not sure. It seems like they're limited to those three, and they like Palantir very much. But you notice the stock hasn't moved up, despite the fact that they like it. So maybe they ought to broaden their horizon. I'm going to have to give those guys a jingle, because they really only write about three stocks, but they write about them very well. How about Diane and Marilyn? Diane. Hi, how are you? I am good. How about you, Diane? 
Great. I'm kind of new at this, and I've been wanting to buy some Sherman Williams stock. And it used to be so well, expensive. And it's an excellent company, and it was a great quarter. Diane, it was a fabulous quarter. Now, I am a little more neutral because I like Lowe's. I think Lowe's is a better way because then you get a lot of other things. You don't have to worry about raw costs, but that is a good one. Now, let's go to Rick in New York. Rick. Hey, Jim. Awesome show, and thanks for taking my uh, call. Thank you, Rick. Uh, thank you. My pleasure. Really enjoy it. So I know you've talked a lot about Novacure on yes. several occasions, and I've certainly enjoyed the last 18 months because I invested in it with the performance oh, of the stock. It's up about 170% plus. And you know their unique technology of attacking tumors via electric fields. And I just I can't help myself, especially with some of the latest in recent approvals, the upside to me is beyond tremendous. And I totally Even agree with you. And I'll tell you something, Rick. Only you, you know, you, me, a couple others, it still seems to be not recognized by the medical community. When it is, the stock doubles. And that, ladies and gentlemen, the conclusion of the Lightning Round. The Lightning Round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, the stock market circus is a better show under a big tent. Find out why Ringmaster Kramer says it may cost you to sneer at the new investor. Next. Take control of your financial future with the new madmoney.cnbc.com. Kramer's exclusive CEO interviews, full episodes, analysis, even your own soundboard. Plus special access to Mad Money 101 with rules and techniques to break down the market for all investors. The red flag that makes me drop a stock immediately is... It's everything you need right when you need it. The new madmoney.cnbc.com. the tone of all these stories about how new investors are coming to the market, they almost always frame these people as lambs to the slaughter. In these articles, the presumption is that you've been getting into stocks lately. Well, you must be a doofus. Of course, the truth is the opposite. Stocks have been a great investment. The real idiocy is keeping your money in a savings account that pays you next to nothing. Most of these stories are really about how stocks have become a bigger part of the average investor's portfolio because they've run so much. Somehow they make that sound like a bad thing. Nobody has more harsh comments for younger investors than Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger of Berkshire Hathaway fame. Now, I do love their folksy attitude, and I, I don't think they truly want to drive people away from the markets. But they seem to frown upon the notion of regular people picking stocks, let alone options. Daniel meeting this weekend, they talked endlessly about the casino attitude of the younger cohort. If you cut through all the folksiness, Buffett and Munger seem to believe these millions of new investors are a bunch of fools. Somehow they both say it without an ounce of irony even though most of these new players came in when stocks were much, much lower, something Berkshire Hathaway sure didn't do. Berkshire actually sold $12 billion worth of stock near the lows last year and found no elephants to buy. Huh. Quizzical, right? Hey, why not even a momentary doff of the cap to all the younger people who believed in the market when these two stock sages basically did nothing? Why not an ounce of humility? Instead, they just give us the endless drumbeat about how Robinhood has encouraged a casino-style environment, like that's somehow a new development, of course, always in a folksy, passive-aggressive framework. I can't let that stand. I think it's good that Robinhood's gotten millions of people involved in the stock market, the greatest engine of wealth creation in history. 
Will some of these people be idiots who blow themselves an app, blow themselves up in Apple calls? Of course. Sure. Especially if they only want to chase the same handful of played out meme stocks. That's really bad. But there are millions of new investors. and It's not like they're only buying GameStop. Lots of them have made fortunes in assets that guys like Buffett wouldn't touch. Think Bitcoin. I am so tired of hearing the richest people in the world tell regular investors they shouldn't try to beat the market. In my lifetime, I've seen so many people beat the market that I do. It's just beyond me. You could argue that my sample is purely anecdotal, but I've been in the business a long time. Started in 1979. We've been doing the show since 2005. I've seen an overwhelming number of people beat the averages. Many of them did it simply by investing in obvious winners like Fang. These people were buying Apple when guys like Munger and Buffett were not really interested. Whether these new investors tried to beat the market or simply bought index funds that match the market, I welcome them to the fray. Do I believe Robin Hood when they said, quote, there's an old guard that doesn't want average Americans to have a seat at the table so they resort to insults, end quote? Not exactly. I think it's more a mixture of elitism combined with a very condescending sense of noblesse oblige. And believe me, Robin Hood's hands aren't all that clean. I remember when they didn't bother to tell us the importance of payment for order flow. Uh, Now it's how they really make a living. Not happy about that. I believe a lot of people should be rebated. A lot of that money should be rebated to clients. As a show of the faith about the craziness of, remember the GameStop AMC uh, near shutdown at the end of January? Rebate that money to the people who are involved in your trading. I know Buffett and Munger both have impressive long-term track records, but their version to any kind of change has caused them to miss out on some huge opportunities. I remember back when these two hated technology. Oh, they, got, they bought IBM. They figured they knew that one. They got crushed in it. But then they bought Apple. Why? Because Buffett saw young kids wedded to their iPhones at Dairy Queen. Uh, they did the research. They liked it. They racked up a huge win. Good. That's exactly what millions of these new investors have done over the past year. They should be celebrated, not denigrated or patronized. So the next time you see someone like Buffett complaining about kids these days, why don't you take it with a grain of salt? I like to say there's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise you to find it just for you right here on Mad Money. I'm Jim Cramer. I'll see you tomorrow. The news with Shepard Smith starts now. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.